Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my bestie, Melissa, over here. Um, I was not with you guys last week, but I am extremely excited to be back today um, to record our 10th episode, which I just cannot believe that we're already 10 episodes into this. Um, It's just been so fun, and it's flown by, and um, yeah, episode 10. We've had 10 different days that we've been able to get together and record (laughs) without children, and that's really the miracle in the whole thing. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, the best part of the podcast is having planned, (laughs) scheduled, weekly, um, just a little bit of time uh, just to ourselves, so (laughs) even though I have to spend it with Melissa. Yeah, (laughs) you got to take what you can get, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, it's true. Yeah. So um, we just are recovering from Hurricane Irma. And Mandy, you made it out basically unscathed from Irma. I did. Irma. I did. I don't, I'm, I'm scared to even say that uh, we did not lose power. Um, we didn't have to throw away any food. And Mandy's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had to um, fist fight each other at my house yeah. because they were so angry about everything. But well, that hasn't been the case for you, has Yeah, it? no. So we're on day seven. Um, I look like a rangy or I'm sorry, a mangy rat, and (laughs) words aren't really my thing. But we've been saying at my in-laws, which for anybody else would be terrible, but my in-laws are wonderful people, and I'm not saying that because they're standing here with a gun to my head, but they're really, really great. But anytime you're out of your element for a week, your kids go 
bonkers. And that's where we're at in this part of our life. So we should have power by Wednesday, which is only 10 days in which I'm getting real stabby. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so um, thank you guys. Uh, Thanks, Megan, for helping us last week. And I'm glad to have Mandy back. Yay. um, And we'll have Megan probably um, at some point for an episode that we're thinking about doing on Guatemala because she lived in Matamala for a while, as we <laughs> talked about. Um, that's a really kind of a neat episode. So we are going to get right into it. We are about to hit 30,000 downloads. By the time you hear this, we will be at 30,000 downloads, which is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Again, our family cannot be doing all of these downloads because um, <laughs> we can see where they're from and they're all over the world. And that's just so neat to us. And we are lamos and don't know what you guys are doing with your free time, but thanks for spending <laughs> it with us. Um, and also, we uh, oddly are on the iTunes charts for society and culture. Don't know I, how that I don't happened. understand what's yeah. happening here. I really don't. Basically, iTunes is falling apart, and we yeah. <laughs> got in there. So somebody sent that to us, which was really, really nice. Um, but at the end of this episode, we kind of on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram posted last night, because we're last-minute people, that we were going to have people call in on our voicemail or send us an email kind of just um, telling us their favorite show and who they are and all their personal information so we can hack into their lives and steal their identities because they've (laughs) got to be better than ours. Um, No, but uh, so you should hear those at the end if anybody ended up calling. I don't know. (laughs) If anyone did it. I don't know if we could convince uh, people to actually do that. Or radio silence. One of those two things are going to happen. so we've got the 10th episode, and then uh, also we got our new stickers in for all of our Patreon They're people. so awesome. I'm yeah. so excited about them. I actually stole a few of them from Melissa, yeah. who had them sent to her. Yeah. Um, but I love them so much. I'm, They're super like, cute. I'm not even a sticker person, but I'm going to have to think of places to stick these. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I see using them as like Band-Aids because my kids yeah. use all of them. <laughs> So that'll work. So if you're interested in one of our adorable stickers or what else we have to offer on Patreon, check us out, patreon.com slash momsandmurder, I believe. Um, And feel free to support us if you'd like us two random women on the interwebs. I don't... Well, that's not it. That's not true. (laughs) Random women. (laughs) Well, and on the internet. I don't want people to think we're just people on the internet. That's creepy and has all kinds of connotations. So (laughs) we're just voices on a podcast. I don't know. Um, And then also we have a couple of promos at the end of the show. Two shows that I really love. One is a new... Newer show um, with Lainey Hobbs, and she's awesome and has a show, True Crime Fan Club, and this is her other brainchild. And then also a few friends of ours from Corpus Delicti, probably how you pronounce it. Um, you know, Delicity, I don't, I don't, I don't try know. to um, pronounce anything. Yeah. <laughs> I pronounce it how it's spelled, and that's probably wrong. Um, last thing, and then we'll get right into the show. Um, email us if you've done any reviews between today, I'm sorry, in the past, or um, for the next week. So this releases on Tuesday. Um, so you're listening on Tuesday, which is the 19th. So between the 19th and the 26th, midnight-ish, Eastern Standard Time. Don't wait to the last minute. Just Please do don't, it. Please don't, because I can't do this kind of math. I won't know. Um, you can email to momsandmurder at gmail.com. Um, a screenshot of your review. If it's an old one, that's fine. If it's on iTunes, wonderful. If it's on Facebook, that's great too. And then we'll put you in a drawing to win 
a sticker because really at this point all we have to offer are stickers <laughs> and we're very proud of the stickers <laughs> we love the stickers um so anyway if you're interested in that please do that we would love to hear from you um and we are going to get right into the show uh after five minutes um mandy is going to give us a rundown on tonight's 10th special and it's during the day episode. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, everybody. So um, the case we're going to be talking about today is one that um, I really like. And just I because like you say that. I do. Well, I like them all, but I especially <laughs> like ones that include like a dumb criminal yes. who does a yes. dumb thing to get caught because those were always amusing to me. So yeah. um, today we're going to be talking about the murder of Kelly Clayton. And um, Kelly was a 35-year-old wife and mother at the time of her mysterious death. She lived in a home tucked in the woods in the town of Caton, New York. I'm assuming it's Caton, C-A-T-O-N. Once again, I'm not even we're terrible try. with... I, I mean, with I words. I don't see how else it could be pronounced. But yeah. Um, so she lived in the town of Caton with her husband Tom and their children, who were um, age seven and three at the time. There was a little uh, girl named Charlie and a son named Cullen. Um, Kelly's best friend described her as being sarcastic, witty, fun, and her sister described her as being kind of a free spirit, uh, wasn't afraid of adventure. She was just full of life and, you know, had no problem taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and yeah. kind of just going where the wind blew her. So that part's not me, but I like the sarcastic, witty part. Right. <laughs> yeah. She could have been one of us. She could. Um, but at one point, Kelly actually left her small town um, home in upstate New York and went to move to Vegas and became a cocktail waitress. And, sure. You know, just you can picture the big headdresses and all the crazy mm. stuff that they wear in Vegas and fun. I've never been to Vegas. No. But I have been to upstate New York. Um, <laughs> my family actually is from there, my mom's side of the family. And um, my sister actually just moved back up there. So I can just imagine what a different environment um, going to Vegas would be from upstate yeah. New York. It's definitely no Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, nothing wrong with it, but a very different type of atmosphere. Um, so on September 29th, 2015, at 12.39 a.m., police responded to a 911 call made by Thomas Clayton, who, of course, I said was Kelly's husband. Um, and in this call, he was reporting that he had uh, returned home from a poker game right. with friends to find his wife, Kelly, dead on the kitchen floor. Um, the scene was pretty gruesome from what the detectives described. They also had body cams and everything, but... Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you don't get to see, like, the crazy yeah. footage. Of course, they don't show that, which I wouldn't want to yeah, see it anyway. Yeah, I was anyway. going to say, what are you saying? No. <laughs> I mean, I am a little bit morbid, and I do, like, dark things, but um, I don't really want to see all that. Yeah, so. no. Um, so that's okay. So I'll take their word for it. But they yeah. said the scene was um, – it was pretty nasty. There had obviously been a struggle. Um, Kelly had – the attack had apparently started upstairs in her bedroom right. while she was sleeping, and um, it it appeared through the evidence that was throughout the house that um, she was chased down the stairs, you know, yeah. into the first floor of the home, and eventually, basically, she was bludgeoned to death. Um, she was beat with, at this point, they didn't know what. It just right. looked like she had been badly beaten and um, that she had really put up a good fight. So... Uh, it's just so sad to me. The saddest part about all this is yeah. that Ugh. the daughter had apparently seen the entire attack. Yeah. So my heart just goes out to that poor child because, she, like I said, she was seven. So, you know, my oldest child just turned eight. So basically the same age. And, you know, I remember things from when I was that age. Yeah. So you just – I can't imagine that there would be any way that this poor baby would not have some kind of 
yeah, you know, lasting long-term effects oh, from yeah. seeing something like that. Well, and she said that her mom was yelling at her, get your brother and go to your room. Like, as she's being attacked, which gives me chills that the mom is, of course, that's your natural instinct is to take care of your children. But it just, man, it just hurts even a little bit more to know she was completely out of control. Like, she knew this There's was nothing not she could. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, very sad. But um, so little Charlie, like I said, had saw the entire attack take place. And she actually told the police oh, um, yeah. on the scene that a robber, is what she described, a robber had come into the home and attacked her mommy. Yeah. And um, they, of course, asked her to describe this person that she thought she saw. And of course she said they had on, you know, dark clothes, a mask was one thing that she said. Um, but one of the strange things was that she just, when the officer would ask her specific questions, like, well, how tall was this person? Was he taller than me? Was he taller than me? Shorter than me? Whatever. And this little girl kept saying, um, about the same height as daddy. Yeah. And that was kind of the answer that she gave a lot of the time. About the eyes. About the eyes even. Right. It was like, uh, it was it was a man. How do you know it was a man? Because because of his eyes. What were his eyes? Oh, the eyes were like daddy's. Ooh. That's a little yeah, like okay. And the officers mentioned like it was kind of her kind of putting together, like kind of watching her put together, oh wow, this, you know, could be my dad. Right. And then of course, as the detective, I'm sure had to be thinking Okay, it was definitely yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, so we'll go on a little bit to talk about a little bit more about Thomas Clayton and just kind of find out who he was and what you know kind of person that he was, and we'll go into what we think you know about him after that. So, um, Tom Clayton was an athlete. He uh, played hockey for the Elmira Jackals in early two thousand. So I'm familiar. I don't. I'm not either. <laughs> I don't know a lot about hockey. I'm assuming this is like a minor. You know, Minor level league? is it? Is do it they league? call it that? It's league. Yeah, it's league, right? Even if it's not baseball, it's league. Well, because it's the NHL, okay. is the right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know anything about any sports, really. <laughs> oh gosh, we're, especially not hockey. Yeah, um, that's just yeah, not no, really. Don't we don't do a lot of hockey stuff down we're here in Florida. In Florida, yeah, we don't what have that. Do? Um, but anyway, so he was at some level. He played hockey, <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, early two thousands. It was during this time as a hockey player that he met Kelly and um, apparently Kelly and her sister and mom were actually attending a hockey game probably just as a fun outing like I said there's not a lot to do in upstate New York (laughs) so this is probably something they just did for funsies Um, but of course Kelly and Tom they locked eyes and you know just the typical the rest was history kind of thing and it was instant attraction they were you know just apparently head over heels crazy about each other how does that happen he's in the middle of a game like where where (laughs) i'm literally imagining him like playing a game and seeing it like play out like they just locked eyes and then i'm more he just left the ice and went over and passionately (laughs) kissed her mandy's reenacting and this is getting creepy (laughs) i'm more imagine that he takes like a hockey puck to the mouth and a tooth (laughs) flies out and she like hands him his tooth and says sorry you're so weird I really I'm imagining the passionate kissing in front of the whole stadium and everything. No? (laughs) I'm going for tooth. Yeah. (laughs) So they were married two years later. um, And then another few years down the road, of course, they had their children. And, you know, their life was incredible from what friends and family described. Um, Kelly's best friend described Tom as being a very generous person. She said he showered Kelly with things and... Um, you know, he was just very kind and giving and not just with Kelly, but he would also offer up 
to help really yeah. anybody in need and, you know, any friends who had a, anything that they needed, he would do what he could, you know, in, in, including things like having fundraisers for families right. that, um, you know, needed it. So he seems like just the perfect nice guy, yeah. athlete, good looking, and he's nice. So And maybe has all of his teeth. We don't know. And possibly <laughs> still has all of his teeth. <laughs> so Kelly apparently would gush about her husband to neighbors and friends. And even as much as 10 years into their relationship would just say things like, you know, she really hit the jackpot with him and she was so lucky. And I have thoughts on this. What? <laughs> Sometimes I think when people are, okay, this is going to sound terrible, but sometimes when I think people are so overly like, this is so wonderful and it's so great, sometimes I think people are either trying to convince themselves or trying to convince other people. <laughs> so basically, Melissa is saying there's no possible way. <laughs> no one's this happy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm very happy, but I don't, I'm not the person that you'll ever see on Facebook writing like, oh, my husband did these things for me. Like, I know what he did. He knows what he did. I'm <laughs> he thankful. He knows what he did. <laughs> yeah, normally it's that tone that I'm taking. But <laughs> no, when my husband does something nice, which he often does, I, oh, see, I just did it right there. But um, no, but I don't, I don't know. The public declaration sometimes, it feels like you're protesting a little too much. Well, yeah. And especially 10 years into your relationship, like we get it. You obviously like each other because you're still together. So we don't care. Stop shoving your happiness down my throat. No, my husband's great too. (laughs) I just thought I should throw that out there. And both our husbands listen to this. So continue. So after the children were born, Tom began to, um, he left his career, of course, as a hockey player. Yeah. Wanted to keep that gorgeous face. Right. So he stopped doing that. Um, And of course, shifted more towards a family type of line of work so that he could just become more of a family man. Sure. Um, So as part of that, he began to establish a franchise for a company called Paul Davis Emergency Services. And what they did was um, they specialized in property restoration, but I read that they also took care of things like mold um, remediation and stuff like that. So Fun work. Yeah. Yeah. Real fun. (laughs) So they bought a home in the woods, um, like I said, in Caton, New York in 2012. And that home also served kind of as a home base for Tom's new company. And he would frequently have um, labor workers and everything coming in and out of there. So I'm not sure at this point if Tom was actually doing the labor or if he was just managing the company and the boss man right yeah t- telling other people what to do sure, which i mean i would be fine it. with that like yeah. that would be right up my alley yeah i, I don't want to do the work yeah no no i can tell you yeah the work that needs to be done. i can tell you yeah <laughs> but then ultimately i'm just going to do it myself because i know how to do it better <laughs> exactly um, so among the uh laborers that would go to the home frequently was a man named michael beard and um it was one of Uh, also one of Tom's childhood friends, Brian Lang. And um, they all kind of hung together and worked together. And like I said, they would meet at the house. I don't know why you would need to meet at the residence. Yeah, what what is I guess they didn't have an office. Yeah, but Um, like, what are you getting from there? I I mean, maybe they stored all their tools and stuff and they had, I mean, I really don't know. Like I said, I have no idea what they did. (laughs) (laughs) There is some good detail brought to you by Moms and Murder. We have no idea what they did. (laughs) I know. Um, So I guess the childhood friend, Brian Lang, (laughs) planned to open a home uh, remediation franchise as well. And Tom saw an opportunity for them to kind of join forces and combine with their powers combined. Yeah, (laughs) They will make an amazing company. Um, So Lang opened um, a surf pro franchise, which 
I've, I've seen heard of Surf Pro. I have too. I believe um, we have them down here, and every I've seen the trucks. Um, that company really yeah. rings a bell to me. They have like a green truck with the orange Surf nope, Pro. Can't tell you all that. No? I just noticed okay. that the name because it doesn't have an E in it. And surf, <laughs> and that, that drives you crazy. It, it annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tom came on um, as a project manager when they started the Surf Pro thing, um, and he brought, of course, much of his equipment and that he had purchased for the Paul Davis company. Right. And he also brought his, some of the laborers, including Michael Beard. And I'm, I'm guessing there was a couple of others. Oh, Luke Tetralt was another one that right. um, came on. So they obviously were good enough laborers that Tom thought he would keep them around yeah. when he moved companies. Um, so Tom's business ventures were prospering and he was of course making a lot of money. Like I said, they maintained this beautiful home that they yeah. had and everything seemed to really be going well for them. Um, but apparently Tom had a few secrets that he was harboring. Secrets. Secrets. I know there's always something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those who knew him stated, um, that apparently he was really obsessed with money. He liked making it. He liked spending it. Yeah. He liked gambling with it. I mean, Hey, this sounds completely normal. We're all obsessed with money. <laughs> but not to this degree. This is like what, what was his name? Anthony Curcio, like where like that's all that matters. Money's your right. ultimate goal. Right. Which I would be screwed if that was it. <laughs> I mean, I know. Thankfully, I'm not that way because, yeah, like you said. I, I would be so disappointed. I would have to turn to some like really questionable um, <laughs> means of getting money. Yeah, exactly. Case. I've just learned to live in. Yeah, I'm good. I've learned to live in poverty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Um, so he apparently also had like an insatiable obsession with women. So yeah. he, you know, he was not this stand-up guy that you would think, like, with this beautiful family. And by the way, if you guys go and take a look at this family, they're really good-looking people, okay? Ugh. Kelly was beautiful. And so I always, when I hear of men who, like, have this gorgeous wife who, like, is this great yeah. mom and, like, you know, like, what is wrong with you for wanting to go out there and look for something else? Like, yeah. what better, you know it's what I mean? attention in all of those, like, I don't know, like, he, he was, like, king in the hockey world or whatever right i'm League. sure he was used to that type yeah, of yeah lifestyle. so he's probably used to all the attention and he's looking for it it's been a while since i've had a baby of my own and some days i miss it so much the baby cuddles and baby smiles but when it comes to diaper rashes not so much i remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash i was really devastated Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here. A brand new dermatologist approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great gentle clean. Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery 
delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. So one thing I remember hearing about was, tell me if you remember this, one of his his niece, was it Kelly's niece? It was Kelly's niece. She tried to say, I don't buy this at all. She could be right, but this is way out there to me, that he was having, he told her that he was having affairs with multiple women. Why would you just like, hey, want some coffee? Also, I'm banging. And a bunch she's of like a teenager, so why? Right. Why is this is not an appropriate conversation to be having with a teenage girl yeah. in the first place? But he did. Um, he, I saw that in the Dateline that we watched. Yeah. Um, that she had said that he um he would confide in her and tell her things, which, like you said, is just very weird because she's a young girl and really he has no business um sharing any of this information but with the her. Other side of that is that she he could be like, well, she's not going to say anything. Like this is really weird information. I don't well, that's know. true. Sick. Although it did, I um, had read basically that he was so obsessed with women, like he didn't care if they were married, single, underage, Ugh. like apparently. So, ew, it makes you wonder if he was trying to be like a slime ball and like get close to Ugh, Kelly's niece. I don't know. That makes so me so gross. skeevy to even talk about that. Um, but anyway. Sorry, so, got off track. That um, just threw me off. Yes, but several women did allege um, affairs with Tom, and they said that he would constantly discuss his marriage in a negative light and have very harsh things to say about Kelly, like that she was lazy, ungrateful. He would call her the B word. and Beep. Just sounds like a really wonderful husband, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know – I know wives can be hard to live with, especially the ones like us who are staying home all the time and just driving our husbands crazy. Oh, my gosh. How many times can we text, what time will you be home? Please just tell me. I can't take it anymore. I know. I I start losing it. My husband gets off work at 5, and the traffic that he has to fight to get home, it makes it – sometimes he doesn't get home until 6. And honestly, at like 6.01, I'm calling. I'm like – where are you? Like yeah. you're running late. Like it should. I hope not you're be dead because there's no reason this should be taking. Because so if long. you take much longer, you will be when yeah. you get here. <laughs> um, so, I guess Tom had put on a show and kind of hid these feelings from his wife. And they even found like as as frequently as just days before her murder, he was exchanging like loving, normal husband text messages yeah. with her. But at the same time, was also exchanging you know sexually charged messages. To someone else. Yeah. So he just was a real, real stand-up guy. Yeah. Real. That's our go-to stand-up guy. 
So on the night of the murder, it was a typical night at the Clayton's house. Around um, 7.30 that night, Tom left to go play poker at the home of their longtime friends, Greg and Linda Miller. And they were a little bit older than they the were. Clayton's, right? Uh-huh. They were. Nothing wrong with that. You can have older friends, whatever. But I just thought, like... It's, it is it kind of noteworthy. They are not the same. Like They're not like another young couple. They are, are a more mature, not old, but yeah. just more. The older I get, the harder it is for me to To say even, anybody is yeah. old. I know. I'm like, well, they're not that old. And also, I can't <laughs> tell how old anybody is. It's a whole thing with me now. Um, so this is something Tom did a lot. So he wasn't, um, this wasn't like a weird alibi situation. It was like typical for him to go out and play poker, um, you know, one night a week. So um, Kelly would stay at home at, with their kids that night. Very normal. What the mom's, mom does, you know, she stays home and he goes and does, plays poker. Um, and so the Millers said that not only was Tom there that whole evening, whenever they talked to police, he was acting totally fine. Everything was normal, nothing. I've said normal now 3,000 times. But nothing <laughs> Everything was, was normal. <laughs> yeah. Super, they did not notice anything out of the ordinary. So around 11 that night, um, Tom actually asked Linda if he could use her cell phone. He said he had to make a real quick call in his cell phone was out in his vehicle, which, why can't you walk five feet and get your cell phone? Right. But whatever, that's part of the whole thing, I guess. So um, he makes a call, and then he continues to play the game, plays poker, and then he leaves around 12.20 a.m. Which is fine and normal, I guess. <laughs> um, but, um, but one note about the fact that he said he didn't have his phone, I had, I guess, was it on the Dateline? Or maybe it was, or somewhere else that I read. But um, I guess the people that were there also playing poker they recalled that he did have his phone with oh, him. Oh, yeah. They said that they remembered looking down and he had his phone in his hands like while he was at the table and everything. So that, you know, you'll come to find out why. I guess it doesn't really matter whether he did or didn't because clearly he used Linda's phone yeah. for whatever he whatever it was that he needed yeah. to do. Um, Intrigue. Right. Um so after he left at 12.20, he, it only took him about 10 minutes to get home. He returned home around 12.30 a.m., um, and that's when he discovered Kelly's body and made the frantic 911 call, right. which you can hear. Um, if you look up, you can find the 911 tape, and it sounds very convincing, you know, yeah. very typical of what you would expect a husband finding his wife. Yeah. Dead at their home, you know, would sound like. Uh, um, so he made the 911 call about 1234 in the morning. And like I said before, by all appearances, it looked like somebody had broken into the home and there was some kind of attack. And unfortunately, right. Kelly, you know, was attacked to the point where she lost her life that night. Right. Um, but there, of course, there was questions, you know, who would do that? Why? What was the motive? Yeah. There was nothing stolen inside the home. So this wasn't like a robbery, you know, situation. So really, they had no, nothing really to go on. And, and then, of course, the husband wasn't home. So when the police arrived, it was kind of like, okay, they really had nothing nothing to start yeah. looking into this with. Well, and they lived out in the woods, so it's not like, um, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're going there with a purpose. Right, you know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. just come upon this house in a neighborhood and thought, I'll just oh, pick this one. I've been wanting to murder all day. I'll do this one. <laughs> right. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Um, so as detectives began to investigate, the case kind of becomes like a classic whodunit. Um, they didn't have a lot of information to go on. Tom had a solid alibi and they started considering other possible suspects in the murder. Right. Um, after speaking with several family members and friends, the name Michael Beard had come up. Good old Michael Beard. Yeah. Who, of course, you'll remember was the laborer who worked with Tom. Right. And, um, you know, 
they were just good friends. Um, so after, like I said, speaking with several family members, I believe it was the niece um, that we spoke about yeah. before who uh, mentioned him mm-hmm. and said, well, you know, actually, Michael Beard was just fired from ServPro um, not too long ago. So he, that could be a possible motive, yeah. motive, you know, why he would want to do this. So the detectives contacted him immediately and he – no problem. He agreed to meet with them, would answer their questions. He was extremely cooperative. Yeah. And initially the police said, there's really nothing to see here with this guy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make sense. And like Kelly's sister and mom had said, you know, it would be a possibility, but why would he do that? And like, even if he was upset with Tom for losing his job, what would be the purpose to go like kill your wife? Like, why wouldn't you do something to Tom? Yeah. You know, himself, if you really wanted to get that kind of revenge. Right. And, this is going to sound strange, but I thought Michael Beard was kind of likable. Is that terrible? I thought no, he was kind no. of likable. Yeah, he seemed like a decent guy. Like you know, yeah. I mean, um, and and family members and friends did say that Kelly, um, you know, she would be very nice to him, but she. I guess she did kind of feel uncomfortable with him yeah. and especially wouldn't want to be home alone with him around. But honestly, that's not really that weird. I don't want to be home alone with my kids, with a man like that my husband no. works with, you know, unless no. he's there. Like I, it's normal to say like that you wouldn't not want interested. a strange man at your home, yeah. you know, while you're there by yourself. So that didn't, you know, that wasn't really surprising to me, but, um, you know, Kelly's sister said that um, Kelly would make him lunch and, you know, give him tea, iced tea or right. whatever, lemonade or, you know, just showed him hospitality just like anyone else. Yeah. And so there was really never anything, you know, that would indicate that she was fearful of this man right. for any reason. So, I mean, I guess that's that. That is what it is. So, um, but yeah, I thought he did seem nice enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Nice enough for sure. Um, so while they were doing the detective work and trying to piece together the puzzle, uh, Linda Miller remembered the phone call that Tom had made from her cell phone that night of the poker game. And she immediately went through her phone to try and see who Tom had called that night. Well, surprise, surprise, there was no evidence on her. You know, whenever you look at your, pull up your call log, it'll show you everything. Well, on the call log, there was nothing, um, there to show that he had made a call at that, around that time around 11 p.m., and so, um, you and know, she remembered him talk. She remembered she, hearing him. Exactly. Talking. So it wasn't just like, oh, maybe he never made a phone call because she recalled that she couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but it was definitely, he was having a conversation. Yeah. So she was very uh, certain that he did call someone. Right. And obviously the only logical explanation is that he deleted the call. Right. So of course, anyone I think at this point would be like, that's a little strange. You yeah. know, I would, I would like to look more into this right. and find out, you know, who did he call and. Uh, Ghostbusters. Right. And <laughs> like, you know, give this information to the police. So they, um, she had her husband even try, this just reminds me how we said they were like an older couple. And this was, it just kind of la- makes me laugh because yeah. she, um, you know, didn't believe that she was looking, you know, couldn't yeah, yeah. find the call. And she like asked her husband, like, can you look, you know, and yeah, see, yeah. maybe I'm missing something. But um, it just reminds me of my, of like helping older people in my life with technology Oh my and gosh. Stuff. My like, dad is, I, I don't know. His email address, <laughs> I can't even say it, but it sounds very inappropriate and he doesn't mean it that way at all. Well, now I want to know what it well, is. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Jamie Ray all day. <laughs> what is he doing all day? We don't know. But I don't think that email address even works. So feel free to email him at whatever right. you want. I guarantee he doesn't even know how to log into it. But that's like my life with somebody with 
zero technology skills. Right. It's funny. I know. I love older people in technology stuff. Yeah. It really is fun. We can um, say older people because we are feeling feisty. We today. say older. We don't say old. We're, we're on our <laughs> we're way. all old. We're on our way. <laughs> so anyway, so they didn't find, together they looked through and they couldn't find any evidence of the phone call. So they decided that their next step would be to just contact the cell phone company directly and have the records pulled. Right. So that's what they did. And then sure enough, the evidence they were waiting to find was on those phone records yeah. and they found uh, at approximately 11 p.m. a phone call was placed to a number that um, they didn't recognize. Yeah. So at this point they just went to the police with the information. They said, okay. I love people like this. I do too. You know, and these are friends, longtime yeah, yeah. friends. And they, you know, and so it just, like you said, it's great. I love it when people, you know, Narc. <laughs> you know I love a good narc. I mean, you always hope that you're going to have like those friends who will just like keep quiet for you. I don't. If I do something <laughs> wrong, call me out on it. I don't deserve to go free. See, I'm the one. I'm no, your I'm friend never gonna who help would you. never, <laughs> I would never turn you in. I'll, I'll send you right to jail. Mouth. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Unless they come asking. I'm not yeah. going to lie for you. But. I'll put money in your commissary, <laughs> but I'm not helping you out in yeah. jail. <laughs> um, so the detectives ended up looking into this. Of course, they took it seriously and they agreed that it was suspicious that, you know, the call was made and deleted and all that. And then, um, so they took the phone number and they ran their, they did their little beep, 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 police work. <laughs> nope. Nope. Don't do that again. <laughs> um, and the number came back to none other than Michael Beard. Ooh. So, uh, basically Tom was calling Michael Beard the night his wife was murdered. Right. And why would he be doing that? Right. It's kind of late for a work phone call at 11 PM. Yeah. And you're in the middle of a poker game. So you would think if it was something work-related, you would just wait till the morning. Yeah. Um, but as we'll come to find out, that's it had nothing to do with work. <laughs> nothing to do with work. <laughs> so um, the detectives actually started taking a closer look now at Tom as well. Because right. clearly something's going on that's yeah. a little strange, you know. And especially now that this name Michael Beard had come up before as a possible suspect. And right. now, now they have a little bit to work with here, you know, to go on. Um, so the detectives actually conducted several interviews with Michael Beard. And um, like I said, initially, they really didn't think anything was there. So they kind of just kept letting him go and would just say, we'll be in touch with you. Right. Well, um, eventually, after several of these interrogations, and then especially after this Phone call information comes out and everything. Um, Michael Beard just goes ahead and confesses. Says that he did this. Again, with the co-conspirators and with the accessories, like, why are you going to do this and then confess? I mean, I'm glad they confess, but my goodness, what are you getting out of this? Right. I mean, and then, like you said, like, if you're going to confess that easily, like, you're just a terrible criminal. Yeah. (laughs) You would think you would hang on for a little bit and just, like, try to get by. They really weren't suspecting him. Yeah. So you think he could have rode that wave for a little bit longer. (laughs) Maybe he had a guilty conscience, which, why can't people have guilty conscience whenever somebody says, hey, you want to murder my wife? You say yes. And then you feel guilty. And then you just don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, anywho, eventually he just confessed. He said, yep. I did it. Got I, it. I went to their house and uh, murdered, you know, whatever. So, um, but as part of his confession, he also said that um, Tom had offered to pay him $10,000 to murder Kelly. Right. So now we're kind of starting to get into like the heart of the matter, you know, that yes, Tom had an alibi, but he did have something, at least a small part. Well, I guess well, the a big part. Big part. It's like the part. Yeah. <laughs> murder for hire. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess. And this is like I don't understand. He offered him $10,000. $10,000 in 
it's a lot of money, but it's not enough to kill What's your number, someone. Mandy? <laughs> I don't know. I need to have enough money to like go off grid and like, yeah. you know, like $10,000 can't get me out of the US. Yeah, so exactly. I, um, I don't think I would... I don't, I don't know what my number is. Oh, gosh, Mandy. I haven't reached the record, it yet. I have no number. Just rage fits that will eventually turn into murder. I'll get nothing out of it. Um, I guess Michael Beard was actually desperate for money yeah. because, of course, like we said, he had gotten fired and lost his job. Well, then apparently Tom Clayton was also his landlord. So I'm like, right. whoa. First of all, that's a problem. You should not have one person being your literal lifeline for yeah. everything. You know, that's who you depend on for work. It's who yeah. you, you, know, you depend on to keep a roof over your head. Like you, you have way too much invested into this one person. Right. All your eggs are in one basket. Yeah. So how many more? Like, eggs do you have? Is that yeah. where you're going with this? Yeah, it's not going well. So um, so I guess Beard was just willing to do whatever Tom said. And when Tom said, I'll give you 10 grand, like if you just kill my wife, I mean, I guess it just sounded like a great idea to a desperate person who was Man, I don't money. Know. No. But like 10K is going to run out really fast. You know, I could spend $10,000 in a weekend. I feel like if it, if it ever happened like in dreamland just like, easily though you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean it's not that's not going to sustain you it doesn't I don't know and and the whole reason Tom didn't want to get divorced right was because he didn't want to give Kelly half of his money right and so like how much money do you even have honestly I don't understand how you can just say I have 10 grand sitting in the bank. I'll give you. Yeah. You know. This is not an issue. I, I can buy you a Diet Coke. That's about all I can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it better still be on the dollar menu. <laughs> so um, Tom apparently had uh, originally planned for this murder to take place at a different time than what it actually did. Apparently he had uh, scheduled like a business trip. So he was planning on originally being out of town completely yeah. when uh, Michael went over and killed his wife. But I guess for whatever reason that did not work out. So they had to take the next opportunity, which came shortly after, uh, when the other man that I mentioned, Luke Tetralt, um, who was also the worker who worked with Tom and Michael Beard. Right. Um, and he, on September 25th, he had actually asked Tom if he could borrow a four-wheeler from him for the weekend. So Tom saw an opportunity to make the murder happen and would be using this other person. So now you're getting another person involved. Right. Um, and who, this person really, I feel bad for him because he didn't really even know yeah. what the intent was. Um, but on September 26th, he did show up to get um, the four-wheeler, and he drove a red pickup truck. I'm just going to say that because I'll use the term red pickup again to keep everything kind of, you Making know, sense. Making sense. There right? you go. Um, so the next day, though, he told him to just bring the four-wheeler to his job um, whenever he was going to return it instead of, like, taking the, you know, bringing the four-wheeler to his house. Right. Don't go all the way to my house. Just bring it to work and then we'll figure it out. I'll get the four-wheeler back from you or whatever. Right. So I guess the original intent was that he would take the four-wheeler to the job to exchange it back and then um, Tom would put the four-wheeler in his truck and then just take it home. Right. So that was what the plan was. Well, then I guess Tom said, no, let's just trade trucks. I'll take your truck with my four-wheeler oh. and then I'll take it home and unload it and then I'll just bring your truck back the next day. Right. Well, isn't this perfect for Tom? Because now he has a vehicle that's not his right, right. in the equation, you know? Yeah. So um, that is even better for him as right. part of his cover story. Um, well, you would think, I guess, it gets 
I think it probably gets a little confusing trying to keep all your details straight. Yeah. When you're planning something like this. It's another reason I could never plan a murder. I don't have that kind of memory. I don't either. I would be the one who would get caught by something everywhere. I know. I would be the one who would get caught because I did some dumb thing that, like, you know, didn't even make sense. Um, So he, of course, would take the truck and they would do all that that I just said. Um, So on the day of the murder, Tom did drive the red pickup truck to drop the four-wheeler off back at his house. Um, And then he returned that truck to the Serve Pro location around 6 p.m. and left in a green Serve Pro truck according to surveillance. So now at this point, the red pickup truck is still at the Serve Pro location. Right. And um, it just is going to be left there and everything appears to be... Fine. Four yeah. wheelers dropped off. Everything's fine. However, keep in mind now Tom has the key and has access to this truck still. Right. Um, so when Beard got the phone call from Tom at 11 p.m. that night, he immediately set their plan into motion. Um, he rode his bike to the Surf Pro where he picked up Tetralt's red pickup truck and then he drove off to the Clayton residence. So he switches his mode of transportation. He right. drives a bike there, gets off, and this is all on surveillance camera. Mm-hmm. And I saw the footage, actually, what they said, oh, here he is driving up on the bike, and here he is taking the truck. And it's really grainy and dark, and you can't see, but yeah. I guess, you know, after all of the other stuff, they determined that it was definitely um, Michael Beard. Well, and he invest. Right. And he said that's <laughs> what happened. So, clue he number said, one. <laughs> look at me on this bicycle. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, Michael Beard pulled up to the Clayton residence around midnight and entered the home using um, a key. He got in through the garage and using a key that, um, of course, Tom had generously left for him. So, right. he would be able to get in quietly and sure. not have to break anything or, you know. Um, and on his way in, he grabbed an old mall handle that um, had not been discarded after the head had fallen off. So what is a mall? Do we know what a mall yeah, is? I don't know. It sounds like if it hits something, it's pretty serious. But yeah, the head of it fell off. I don't know. We're going to have to Google a picture of a mall here really quickly. Yeah. Because um, I'm not even sure what that is. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is, of course, the tool that he ended up using to beat Kelly. Um, like I said, starting when she was asleep in her bed and chased her around down the stairs and into the kitchen. Um, and so meanwhile, after he did that, he left, quickly changed clothes, uh, drove the red truck back to the Serve Pro, got on his bike, and um, took off. And just that was that. And so they think, of course, they're in the clear. Nobody is now connected to this right. murder. Nobody is going to know who, you know, who did it. Right. Um, so after that, Tom went home, of course, and made the air quote here, discovery yeah. um, that he supposedly was surprised to find. But as it turns out, he wasn't. Um, yeah. So Beard and Clayton were both charged with first degree murder um, for the murder for hire scheme. And they also were both charged with second degree murder. So I'm not really sure how that works because first degree murder is premeditated. And then second degree, I don't know how you can... I, I feel like it's either one, one or, or the other. other. Right. Yeah. Well, they were charged with Maybe both. in New York State it's not. <laughs> um, but actually, Michael Beard recanted his original confession, which was, of course, he confessed to the events as they happened. But then um, he recanted his confession and actually told a different story. Yeah. Um, which, like, you have – we've discussed together that he said um, – he was supposed to go set the house on fire. Yeah. And, um, but when he got there, Kelly was already dead. So somebody just, else had already right. killed her. Like what luck. What a weird <laughs> night. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird night for sure. Um, but the jury actually did not go for that. They, um, thank you. Yeah. They were like, no, we don't think so. Um, and he was convicted of first and second degree murder. So like again, I, said, I don't, don't know how that I don't, works. I don't know how that works either. Um, so Tom Clayton had a trial at a different date and he also was convicted, um, I didn't see anything about how long they were in 
prison for. Yeah. So one thing we were going to talk about that is the most disturbing thing in this case to me. So Tom basically, well, here's a few things. Tom, why on earth when people are going to kill somebody, why do they have to call the person that's going to kill them? Why right. does he have to make that phone call? You can't get home and see that she's dead. You have to say, right. hey, did you do it? And, like, if you are putting this much effort and thought into, like, planning this perfect crime and right. making sure you have an alibi and making sure that – trucks you know, involved and all right, kinds and of Right, and all stuff. this. Like, don't be dumb and, like, <laughs> do something stupid. Like, use a someone's cell phone. Like, come on. Get a burner phone. What? Murder 101. <laughs> don't use your own phone and or anyone you know. for the burner phone. <laughs> exactly. Don't, and don't buy it Load at Walmart. It oh, my gosh. Load minutes. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and don't be caught on surveillance camera buying right. the phone either. <laughs> yeah. We can help you get away with it, right. guys. <laughs> but you would think, though, it's like some of these ways these, like, dumb criminals get caught. Like, they're such common ways. Like, really, you got caught because you used a cell phone to call the But why person? did he have to call? I don't right. understand that. Like, when they Just know the like, wheels oh, are yeah. in motion. Oh, right. dead? Great. Okay. Right. I'm going to finish. Or, or it's time for you to go over there now. Like, come yeah. on. Surely you should have discussed all this. Yeah. Can't you get this times right before? I'm right. glad they're stupid, though. I love I know. That I do, stupid. too. I love stupid people because yeah. they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. But then the other, like, super, super upsetting thing to me in this is that in both scenarios where Tom was going to have Kelly killed, whenever he was out of town and whenever she was at the poker night, he knew his kids were going to be home. What a jerk. I mean – there, there's no, like, he couldn't have set it up where the kids were at the grandparents, something. Why have them included in that? That's so disgusting to me that, like, I don't know, that it can't be out of love for your kids that you're doing it. Like, you hear that some people are in abusive relationships and they have to kill the spouse and they did it because they love their kids, whatever. I get that. But um, this... He knew they were upstairs, you know, and this was hours. They were there with a dead body for hours before right. he got home. Were they? Well, at least an hour. It wasn't at least like, an hour. Yeah, I would say at least an hour. Um, one minute is too long. Well, exactly. Exactly. And you're talking about young kids, like you said, who are home alone. And now they've also gone through this whole like crazy ordeal. The only thing I could think is that he was assuming the kids would be asleep. Um, and maybe that um, Kelly's death would have been faster. So she wouldn't have been chased through the house and like all this other thing. No. I, there's just no excusing it. I mean, honestly, like you said, it's like that's like a monster thing to do. Yeah. Like, these are your children. These are your babies. And The yeah. only bright side is that Michael Beard did not kill the kids because you do hear about those cases where a kid is going to be a witness. Right. And then they kill the kid right. too. So, okay, thank you, Michael Beard. But although if he was going to set the house on fire, right. the kids would have been yeah. killed. Like that was obviously – if that was plan A, um, you know, I just – it. It's awful. It's terrible. It is. So, yeah, we're not – no. Tom, I hope you lose all your teeth in prison. Exactly. Um, well, the Clayton children, speaking of them, they actually now live with Kelly's sister, Kim. And um, Kim has said that she believes that this all happened because Tom just simply wanted his freedom, which, like, I, I have zero sympathy for you. Like, I'm sorry. I just – I can't even with that. Um but the detectives actually had found out that Tom had upped Kelly's life insurance to um, $1 million a year before Whoa. her murder. I'm sorry. Anybody, that should always be a red flag. I feel like yeah. if you like ever up your wife's insurance, life insurance policy. And it's not her idea. Exactly. Then I think you should. Run, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Run away. I wonder if she even knew, you know, yeah. that he did that. Um, can you do that? Can you up? Can you? 
I've heard of that happening before and things, but I don't know if that's necessarily legal, but how many times, this is going to get me in trouble, have you signed your husband's name for things like that you know, like, oh, he needs to, to sign this and you just sign it and you're not really Forgery! Right. Yeah. <laughs> Admitting to all kinds of things. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, I've done that. No, I haven't done that, but I've heard of people doing that. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't think it's so far off. But luckily, like my insurance policy and my husband's is so small, like it would not be worth killing me. No, you got to no, keep I me am. around. You're not going to get any yeah. money, and then you're going to be stuck with two kids. You're not going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so because he did that, because he had, uh, you know, they found that out about him doing that a year prior. They basically, of course, the family thinks that he had been considering this like murder for hire scheme yeah. for a long, long, long time. Like, yeah, which is just so creepy that. She was going on living a life and with this man who is plotting to have her killed the whole yeah. time. Like, gosh, it just makes you terrify. Like, it just makes me want to go live alone and be away from people. I feel yeah. like you just if you don't even know your own husband is doing this behind yeah. your back, like, who do you know? I wonder you what, know what she mean? did know, though, because, you know, if he's cheating on her, there's all these things going on. I wonder, I mean, she could have known some stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times women do have some kind of clue. So I just feel terrible for her because this is another one of those cases. There's just no, there's never a reason for murder, justified homicide, sure. But there's no reason to kill somebody. Like, divorce them. It's, right. just do it. Like, why can't I'm, you I'm, just... I'm not, I'm not pro-divorce. But, no. like, if the option is divorce and murder... Well, I guess he did want to leave her, but he said he was worried that she was going to take everything, which, she okay. She Right. And, okay, like, so now you're just going to kill her, and then if you get caught, you're going to be in jail forever. Like, I wrote in my notes down on the bottom that when I sent this, my notes to Melissa to review them, I wanted to make sure she read all the way to the end. So oh, yeah. I, I actually oh, put in there in, in the bottom that um, Kelly was a lot prettier than Bubba in the jail cell that's keeping uh, him warm at night now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I read them. Yeah. <laughs> so um so that is the story <laughs> Kelly Clayton of Kelly Clayton is a wonderful person but um so we have a couple things real quick um we finally changed the name of our Facebook group that was the Moms and Murder podcast discussion group, blah, 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 blah. So we have a better name now. We had several people join, but apparently people couldn't find us. And that seems so strange to me. So we are changing it to... Mums the Word. Mums which the Word. Which I just love so much. Honestly, whenever I saw it... Um, I just, it, I thought it was perfect. It's so, so fun. I love yeah. it. We sound like so sophisticated. I can't even say the word. We right. sound so sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, we sound like we actually know what we're doing and we're just lovely ladies out on the town. Right. Or British. I'm fine with either of those, but <laughs> neither one of us are world travelers. So, um, so anyway, so if you want to find us, find us on Facebook, Mum's the Word, and you just have to answer a quick question that is are you going to try to murder us? And if you answer it correctly, we'll let you join the group. So thank you to Mary Virginia in our Facebook group um, for that great name idea. Mum's the word. Find us there. So we have a couple I'm Invincible wins. The first one is from Twitter. Um, and it's I'm Invincible when I walk home alone at night pretending to talk on the phone, casually mentioning my MMA training. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Actually, um, d the whole pretend phone call thing oh, is man, one that I huge. use all the time. Yeah, I mean, we get that one a lot. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I know it actually works. Well, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like it works really well. Um, there's a really pretty cardinal sitting on the windowsill over here. I'm just, of course, Mandy sees an animal and freaks <laughs> out. So 
She's going to try and figure out a way to bring it to the farm. I I am. Can I catch it? No. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Stop. Um, And so the next one comes to us from Christina on our Facebook page. And she said, I'm a mom of a one and two-year-old and my husband deploys, so I often have to do things alone. My invincible win is when I get both kids locked in their car seats and can shut and lock the door so predators can't try to steal them. (laughs) Like I have a mini panic, panic attack every time I'm done grocery shopping until they're safely in my car. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Getting two kids in the car and they act the most obnoxious when you're trying, when you're like, it's nighttime in a, in a grocery store parking lot. Right. Like get in the car yeah. right now. I know. I do the same thing. Although, you know, one of my favorite tricks is just to throw them in the car and then get in and buckle them in from the inside. Oh, yeah. Cause you know, I'm always paranoid that someone's going to jump out and come grab us and yeah. take us away. I do that in the van. I just like hop in and now. Oh, well, it's easy when you have a van. I'm a van person now, Mandy, and I will not look back <laughs> on you peasants in your cars. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so the last one we have came um, in a voicemail from Sabrina from Austin, Texas, um, and she said, I'm invincible when, let me make sure I have this correct, um, that whenever she puts the keys <laughs> or oh, yeah. sets her keys in between all of her fingers like Wolverine, and so if an attacker comes up, you can slash, slash them in them the up. face. Right. Yeah. So I've done that since I was little. Right. That was like one of the first um, self-defense things that my mom told me whenever I first started driving and was going to be like, you know, because I had a job. I got my first job when I was 15. Um, nothing fancy. I just scooped ice cream. But sometimes I'd have to stay there late at night. Yeah, yeah. So my parents always would worry, you know, about me being young and, and having to go out at night in the parking lot and drive home. Um, so that was one of actually the first things that they ever taught me to do um, was do the key in between the fingers thing. The only issue is they have to be one inch from your right. face to be able to slash them. And so I do get a little concerned that that might not be adequate in actuality. But it does make you feel invincible. Yeah. (laughs) We look like a bunch of psychos that we're all walking around with with (laughs) keys between our fingers, talking on the phone about MMA fighting, and then smiling at every, like, security camera. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Any, all of our listeners, if they do any of these things. We're going to get everybody committed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're all going to look crazy. (laughs) Okay. So thank you for listening this week. Thanks for making it through Hurricane Irma with us, or at least us. We made it through Hurricane Irma. I hope that everybody Hi, else did. I hope everyone else did. Yeah. I said on our last show, spoiler alert, we made it through Hurricane right. Irma. Glad that was true. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's another hurricane coming apparently, Maria. And Oh my gosh, I just can't. I'm going to set my whole house on fire and just start over somewhere else. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, get ready for our two promos. Remember to um, send us your reviews. And we will put you, enter you for a wonderful, beautiful sticker that Mandy's still been playing with the whole time we've been talking. Yes, I'm obsessed. And um, like we said, don't forget, um, we do have voting going on for um, our potential next episode for our Patreon um, supporters. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely reach out to us or check us out on our Facebook group. And we would love to have your input on a case that you like or would like us to cover. Absolutely. So have a nice week. Unless Hurricane Maria comes and takes us, we'll I just see can't. Next week. I just can't even think of that. It's We're too just... early to even start worrying. I'm still not recovered from the mental exhaustion from the last one. Anyone with AC cannot tell me that. So <laughs> right. you guys have a good week. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. Jen and Lindsay here from the Corpus Delicti podcast here to tell you to check out our show. If true crime's your thing, it's ours too. Just a little dash of lightheartedness and a hint of Southern charm. 
serial killers, controversial cases, historical hallmarks, we've got it all. So just join us every Tuesday on iTunes, Podbeam, or many other podcast apps as we dive into compelling cases and crack them open for you. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C-O-R-P-U-S-D-E-L-I-C-T-I. See you Tuesday. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the new podcast, We're All Just Pretending. It's a podcast that has elements of Dear Abby with a twist of post-secret. Every episode, I'll read listener questions and provide advice and insight as a friend. My own pod friends will even join in and offer their advice on parenting, relationships, and even give you really bad advice on purpose. Since we all have secrets to share, there'll also be a segment focusing on letting the skeletons out of your closet. If you're looking for advice or want to share a secret, head to allpretendingpod.com. And remember, we're all just pretending here. Hi, this is Stacey P. from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I love the Moms and Murder podcast. Andy and Melissa are hilarious and totally moms that I could see myself hanging out with while drinking lots of wine and discussing um, if we think Melissa currently has too many animals or not. My current case, my current favorite case is the bank heist with Anthony Curcio. Uh, it's informative and it's hilarious, and I think anyone who likes a more lighthearted version of True Crime Podcast would love Moms and Murder. Hi, my name is Joe. I'm, not, I'm from Ohio, and uh, I'd have to say my favorite episode is uh, Casey Anthony, because I'm not sure who I hate more, her or Nancy Grace. Uh, well, have a good day, ladies. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Melissa. It's Roseanne, all the way over here in California. And, of course, I wanted to call you guys to congratulate you on your 10th episode. I'm so thrilled you guys pulled through the hurricane. And had an episode up and ready to go without a hitch. You guys are totally amazing. And I absolutely so thoroughly enjoy listening to every single episode of your show. Every Tuesday morning, it like makes my day heading to work. You guys are so cute, so funny, so adorable. It's the only time that I actually laugh and giggle at all things murdery. I love you guys. And I love the show. And here's to many, 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 many more episodes. Take care. Love you. Hi, Mandy and Melissa. It's Vanessa here from rainy old England. Um, I'm loving the podcast. I binged it all in a couple of days last week. Thank you, Stacey P, for recommending it. I loved all the episodes. I think probably... Anthony Curcio was my favourite just because it was so different and funny and just different to all the sort of normal depressing stuff. But yeah, it's great. Keep up the good work and speak to you soon. Bye. Happy 10 episodes, Moms and Murder. Uh, This is Melissa and I have been friends with the other Melissa for a long time. And I'm just so happy to support her and Mandy and love the podcast. Keep it going, ladies. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.